Welcome to The Bridge, your ERG podcast. Our mission is to connect people, purpose, and progress through topics that are relevant to every teammate. And now, this month's host, Beacon. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us for this learning opportunity today. Amanda and I are really excited um, to share some of what we've learned. Recently, um, Beacon sponsored a workshop and it focused on identity, intersectionality, and implicit bias. So that's what we're here to talk to you about today or talk with each other about. So um, I'll start by introducing myself. My name is Angela Athey. I serve as the VP of Business Learning Solutions. I've been involved with Beacon specifically um, for, this is my, I think my third year. And I really enjoyed my time as part of Beacon. I see myself as an ally for the queer community, and I'm also the parent of a transgender son. So I've taken every opportunity to learn and grow through my experiences as, uh, with Beacon, and it's been wonderful. So that's a little bit about me. Amanda, I'll turn it over to you if you would like to introduce yourself. All right. Yes, I would. Thank you, Angela. I'm so excited to be doing this podcast with you. Uh, maybe a little nervous, but mostly <laughs> excited. My name is Amanda Bauer. I am an insurance officer in the Alliance Nebraska Retail Office, and I'm starting my first year with Beacon. Um, so I'm just starting to get my feet wet and have loved every minute of it so far. Like Angela, I do see myself as an ally for the, for the queer community, and I also have a near and dear to my heart family member who is transgender. When the opportunity to apply for a position to be part of the Beacon team, I was thrilled and then honored to be chosen um, in 2024. So super happy to be here. Awesome. Welcome, Amanda. It's great to have you as part of the Beacon team. So, um, Amanda, one thing I thought, you know, before we get started into what we learned in the workshop, maybe we should address the use of the word queer because we both use that word. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I think that word has sort of a complicated history. Um, as an ally, I was typically more comfortable saying LGBTQIA plus um, because I felt like if I'm not a member of that community, is it really okay for me to use that word? And, you know, sometimes LGBTQIA plus is a lot to say. Mm -hmm. um, and I was saying it one day in front of my son, and it was kind of funny because he just kind of looked at me and said, Mom, you should just say queer. And so since that time, I've oh. felt comfortable just generally using that term instead of spitting out the whole LGBTQIA+. So that's that's how I came to use the word queer. That's that's interesting, and I'm, I'm glad that we are going to address that. Um, and it does seem like it's more accepted by the younger generation mm -hmm. of people who identify as LGBTQIA+. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess I, I feel like using it generally is okay. But one way I wouldn't use it is if I was specifically talking to someone um, who's part of that community, I would probably ask, you know, just like I would ask an individual what their pronouns are, um, I would, I would want to lead in terms of what that person would use to describe themselves and their identity. Mm -hmm. That's an excellent point. It is a lot like pronouns. Um, we can't be afraid to ask someone 
and use the terms and the pronouns that they that they prefer for themselves. Right. Just polite. Right. Yep. Yeah. All right. So um, now that we've kind of addressed our use of that term, we can kind of get into the topic. I was I was really excited. We had this um, workshop in a virtual setting on January 17th, so beginning of this year. Um, we had 26 teammates um, sign up and were online for the Zoom session focused on these topics of identity. And I don't know about you, but I feel like I've been reflecting on it a little bit ever since we we had that uh, that workshop. Definitely. There was a lot of good information in that workshop. Um, and to be honest, when I sat down, I didn't really know what to expect from the workshop, uh, but it was fantastic. And I'm really, really glad that I took the time to join. I appreciated how they established and shared their community standards and the definition of identity in general. Yeah. Yeah. So let's dive in because you mentioned community standards, and I think that's one of the first things they they focused on. There was a lot of great learning, but did you have some key takeaways you want to start with, Amanda? I really liked the conversation and context around safe spaces and brave spaces. Awesome. So let's define those for our audience. How would, based on your learning, how would you define safe spaces and brave spaces? I feel like a safe space is First of all, one of those well-known phrases that has been used and maybe a little overused the last several years. I imagine most people know what safe space means, even if it's lost some of its original oomph um, due to its commonality. Yeah, I would agree with that. At the same time, those safe spaces are important. It's so important. And my takeaway from this webinar was that safe spaces are essential to building trust and a sense of community among teams and teammates. Mm -hmm. The thing that was new to me and that I really loved was what a brave space is. I had not heard this before. I was immediately intrigued. And so what I took away was a brave space is a place where individuals feel empowered to share their perspective or an opinion or an experience and sharing that may feel uncomfortable, but they still share because they feel supported by the safe space. And I really like that. Yeah. Yeah. They feel like it's even more than a safe space. It's a brave space. So I love that. Yeah. I love that idea. It's, I feel like I'm in a brave space when I'm, um, you know, working within the beacon team and our community. And what I thought about too, as they talked about safe spaces and brave spaces is that we really all have, um, at work, we have a responsibility for ensuring that work is a safe space for teammates. And that really connects to something else they shared that I thought was important. And that is that, you know, our teammates have both visible and invisible identity markers. Um, So they use those words, visible and invisible. And so honestly, I think uh, there's a lot on the surface that we don't necessarily know about each other. And sometimes then it's easy for us to make assumptions about each other. But when Mm -hmm. we assume we understand someone's identity, we can sometimes do or say things that impact them in in a negative way. So 
I always kind of try to think of it as if I show up on a daily basis as my best aware self, um, I remember that everyone's bringing their whole selves to the workplace, whether it's visible or invisible to me. So people are kind of like icebergs, you know, we just see a small portion on top of the water's surface, and there can be a lot more under that water line. Um, so it's just about being careful and trying to not make assumptions about people. Yeah, I, re I really like how you said uh, people showing up in the workplace are like icebergs. That's a that's a great analogy and perspective, and I'm probably going to hold on to that one. So thank you for that. Yeah. And I agree that that visible, invisible identity concept is an important one that I hadn't given much thought to. Mm -hmm. I liked how the inclusive communities facilitators defined identity as consisting of qualities, beliefs, and expressions that make a person or a group different from others. Uh, some of the examples they used were things like your age, your faith, your physical ability, your physical appearance, uh, maybe your life experience or your family structure. So yeah. it's interesting how many assumptions come into play play when you're working with someone and those assumptions could be way off base mm -hmm. being open-minded and remembering that your coworkers are bringing their best versions of themselves to work is a good reminder of how we should walk in the door every day yeah and it's funny that you mentioned that walk in the door every day because that we we talked about this idea that I guess some people would feel is a little bit um, antiquated about employers expecting their employees to leave it at the door when they come to work. Mm -hmm. So um, sometimes I feel like that time has just passed. Like employers, more and more companies, I think, see their teammates through the lens of the whole person. So that whole person comes to work every day and what they're dealing with in terms of their identity is part of that. It could be any number of things. It could be hey, I just had my first baby. I'm dealing with the challenges of being a working parent. It could be I have aging parents and I'm dealing with the challenges of that. And honestly, when you look at our employee resource groups, that's why they're so important. Um, I think kind of a personal story for me in this space is related to my own early steps as a parent through my son's transition. So at one point during, I mean, his transition has gone on for quite a long time, but at one point we were going through the whole thing of the changing, changing his name. So that's interesting because, I mean, my husband and I worked through the steps initially at home. We tried to just call him by his chosen name at, at home, and then we went through the legal process of the name change. And this took place over the course of like six to eight months. Well, at work, you know, I kept referring to my son by his original given name and pronoun, uh, wrong pronoun. Um, and I finally got to the point, I was like, I was living in two worlds. I finally got to the point where I couldn't live in those two worlds in conflict. And so, you know, I felt like it was just important for me to tell my teammates what my child was going through and that what I was going through, I had to explain that, hey, in order to, to, show up right as a parent and talk about my child, you know, in the workplace, I need to refer to him as him and, and he and his chosen name. And so I just had that conversation with my team. And honestly, it was a big relief because I was able to do that in a safe space. And it, it just helped me personally transition as his, his parent. 
I think that to me, that's probably one of the bravest things I've ever heard anyone say that you or anyone could do. Um, And I, I admire your bravery and support that you and your family gave your son since that's not always the case. Yeah. I just think that's awesome. Thank you. Um, And as I mentioned, I work in the Alliance Nebraska retail office. And I think for the most part, our team operates still on the leave it at the door mentality. Um, I don't see this as necessarily a negative thing. And you mentioned earlier that it could be more of a privacy thing. Mm -hmm. Um, It just seems that the work versus personal life boundary is firmly in place for most, um, including myself. I just haven't Mm -hmm. reached that part of my personal journey where it feels like I'm ready to share some details of my personal world with um, my teammates, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think it totally makes sense. I think, you know, we all have to make our way through the journey in our own time. We have to feel comfortable in order to share. Um, So I think that makes a lot of sense. And there's always going to be people who do want to be more private about their personal lives. And that's okay. We have to assure that people don't feel like they have to divulge anything they don't want to. So absolutely. Yep. We spent a lot of time on in the workshop, this idea of bias. And I was really struck by one of the things the facilitators shared with us is that our biases really come from from this idea of a cycle of socialization, which sounds really complex, but it's really just how our experiences, how we grew up in the world, what we've learned through school, through maybe our faith communities, our parents or other influential people in our lives, even what we've learned through like media, like movies, television, uh, the, you know, the news, there's mm-hmm. so much information coming at us. It can be hard to really stop sometimes and ask ourselves, you know, what am I believing or what am I biased about because of what I'm hearing and learning? And have I really interrogated that? Do I, is that, you know, it's just about figuring things out for yourself, I guess. So um, I think that the recognition of bias is one of the first steps in learning how to appreciate differences in everyone and and recognize that we all have different experiences of the world. Definitely. And things change in our lives and Mm -hmm. we all have opportunities to meet people who are different from us. And while we appreciate the differences, we sometimes can hold biases that can impact the way we perceive others. Um, And some of those biases aren't always positive or fair. Yeah. That's so true. And I know I've been in situations myself where I've found myself really uncomfortable internally because I've caught myself in one of these biases. And then I'm like, man, I didn't even recognize what I was doing um, or saying or how that could be perceived because of this unconscious bias. And I mean, that's, I guess that's why they call them unconscious, right? Sometimes it's hard to recognize them in yourself. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yep. And I think we all have stories in this space. Um, mm-hmm. and, in, and I had, I had to think about this one a little bit yeah. to come up with an example. Cause, um, but I did, 
And my, my story, my example is from around my pregnancy. Okay. So very short, very short backstory. I was told that I wouldn't have children when I was around 19, just okay. due to some medical stuff. Um, okay. This was fine with me. I was young. I really hadn't given much thought to having children and I made peace with it pretty quickly. Hmm. Then years later, when I found out I was pregnant, I was quite shocked to say the least. Wow. But I bet. <laughs> in, yeah. Yeah. But intrigued at how this was going to open the next chapter for me. Mm. Um, however, I did not enjoy pregnancy. Mm. I was sick. It was really hard. It was, it was, it just was not fun. And I yeah. knew very, very quickly that I would only be doing this one time. So this experience influenced how I would show up in conversations with people about pregnancy and having children. I was not shy about sharing my negative thoughts and feelings around pregnancy in general, um, based on my experience. Yeah. So then I started working with more and more 20 somethings who are newlyweds and just getting into those years where they're ready to start families. Uh And there's more conversation shared about people struggling with infertility. Uh And I specifically remember the first time someone made a comment about not being able to get pregnant and how heartbreaking it was for them and their family. Uh And I remember immediately feeling awful about every snide or negative remark I had ever flippantly made about my unexpected pregnancy, because I never once considered what it would be like to want to be pregnant and struggling to attain that. Wow. So I still feel bad about this, but I'm really, really grateful that I've had my eyes open to it because those remarks I was making, um, even though I felt like I was just making them from my own experience, could have definitely made whatever space that I was in not feel safe for a teammate. So yeah, that that's I'm a great quite happy that, that I figured yeah. out. That's an interesting story. Yeah. It just goes back to that idea of two people working from a completely different set of experiences and, uh, you know, what they thought about their lives, wants, needs, et cetera. Um, wow. That's really interesting. Yeah. 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 I, I had to think about this too. Um, you know, there's, there's lots of times I think where I've been, like I said earlier, I've been caught in this, um, where I've treated someone a certain way because I didn't understand them because of my biases. And um, this example is more about um, a friend of mine who was in the car with me. We were driving to Target um, and they noticed a person standing by the roadside with a sign asking for money. Um, We've all been in those situations, right? Where we've Mm -hmm. um, come across someone who's on a street um, asking for money and we're either walking by or driving by or whatever. In this case, it was a woman. Um, She had three kids with her, three little kids. And my Mm -hmm. friend in the car made a comment about it. You know, she said, um, you know, hey, that, hey, that person has three kids there with her. I've I've seen that person there frequently asking for money. 
And with as much time as they spend on the corner, standing out there asking for money, why couldn't they just go get a job? Mm -hmm. um, and of course, we didn't know anything about the circumstances this woman was facing. Um, maybe she just left a bad situation at home. Uh, even if she could get a job, would it pay enough for her to be able to get to and from that job? Did she have a car? Could she pay, pay for childcare for her kids? Mm -hmm. um, I mean, there could be all kinds of things going on in that woman's life that, that drove her to stand on the corner and ask for money, which I can't imagine for anyone is ever an easy thing to do, um, let alone standing out there with three little kids with you. So yeah. Um, Absolutely. I just, yeah, we just don't know. We just don't know. Yeah. And that's a good example of the biases that we all sometimes have about seeing someone asking for money. Mm -hmm. um, to that point, I used to live in a big city where I walked to, uh, through the downtown area to work. Um, and there was a large homeless population in this city. Mm -hmm. And when I would have my child with me, I would always, I would always give them five $1 bills to give to the people they saw that was, that were asking for money. Mm -hmm. um, when I did that, I explained to them exactly what you just said. We don't know why these people are in this situation and we are going to give them a little money to help them and not question how they will use that money. Yeah, we're in a position to help. So let's, let's help. Yeah. And that's a great point too, is like not, sometimes people say, well, I'm not going to give money because I don't know what they're going to do with it. And mm -hmm. they may just go spend it on, you know, cigarettes or whatever. Um, you know, I, I think we just can't be judgmental in that situation. We can, we can choose to give someone money or not, but Mm -hmm. We just, like you said, let's just do it and not question. So that's a great example you set for your kids. Um, yeah. That's amazing. So thank you for that. And I think overall, when it comes to bias, we just need to stop and think and be aware when maybe our beliefs, our experience in the world may not match up with someone else's reality. And when we see each other just as humans, well, at least for me, that really helps. You know, this person may be different from me. Um, but we're all just people in this world trying to be ourselves, be who we are and get by. So, yeah, that's a, that's a really great point. Seeing the human in someone does make all the difference. Yeah. Maybe before we let people go, we can kind of summarize some of the things, um, for everyone to take away and think about for themselves. So, um, let's give them a, our listeners a little homework. Why don't you kick us off? All right. So yeah, let's do that. Maybe one way for us all to be better about being aware on a daily basis about our teammates and their identities is to think when we walk through the door every morning at work is that it's difficult for teammates to sometimes just leave everything at the door. And that every day when we come to work, we are bringing our whole selves. And for others, they may choose to be more private with parts of their identity. And that is okay. That's okay too. Mm -hmm. But we still should remember to question our assumptions and biases and try really hard to be as open to others as possible. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's a great reminder. I think for all of us, I think it makes us more appreciative of the differences in identity and experience and we can all give each other a little grace. So, you know, on top of that, what's interesting is that there's a lot of studies out there that diversity in organizations and appreciation of the differences really means improved business results. I just noticed one article on LinkedIn the other day that referenced that the importance of diversity, um, uh, it talked about the importance of diversity and it said basically more than 200 studies show how diversity in business leads to greater, diversity in business, sorry, leads to greater levels of innovation, customer service, employee engagement and long-term growth. I mean, those are things that we all want. Right. Um, so I think there's some definitely some benefit to all the differences in each other and then how we appreciate those differences and try not to act out on any of those biases that we have. So absolutely, um, great summary of, of kind of what we talked about today. So how about a takeaway and challenge for our listeners? Well, let's think about those safe and brave spaces. One yeah. good one good question I think we can all reflect on is this one. In the spirit of we are all leaders, what are you doing on a daily basis to create safe and brave spaces? Awesome. Yeah, that is definitely one that we can all walk away and reflect on. I'll add one more that has to do with biases and assumptions. My challenge would be for us all to try to stop when we catch ourselves allowing bias to sneak into our perceptions and stop and ask ourselves, what do I really know about this person and their situation? What am I assuming due to some implicit bias I may have? And how can I, how might that impact the way I'm treating or acting toward them? Um, Cause I think we all have those moments. And if we just stop and reflect, we can potentially change our behavior and be, you know, and, and uh, be more open and positive toward everybody. Yeah, I agree. And always expanding and being more self-aware is, is the point. The good thing. The yeah. Point, right. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. And we can't let our listeners go until we have reminded them of a few things. Oh, yes. Uh, we got a few yes. important things we want them to know about. So yes, go ahead. Go ahead. All right, so there will be another Inclusive Communities workshop coming up from Beacon. So watch our Beacon Viva Engage site to learn more. Yeah. Um, and then number two, we will be publishing our first 2024 newsletter in March. So watch for that as well. And finally, there are more great ERG podcasts coming this year from, from all your different groups. Yeah, that's exciting. I'm I'm gonna yeah. be better this year about tuning into all of them. And um, Ruth's got us started on these podcasts and did a great job with them in the past. And yeah. now we're sharing them across the ERGs even more. So that'll be exciting. So, all right. Well, thanks everybody thanks. for listening. Thanks, Angela. This was fun. Yeah. Thanks, Amanda. Yep. podcast listeners, we've got a couple of podcast ponder questions for all of you. This is a chance for you to win some beacon swag. So if you post a correct response to either of these questions, 
you'll be entered in a drawing and we'll be giving away the opportunity to choose one of two incredible beacon apparel items, an insulated soft shell vest or a quarter zip pullover. So here's your questions. First one, if you listen carefully, you heard Amanda and I talk about safe spaces and brave spaces. So please provide a definition of either of these spaces based on what you heard us share. Again, all correct responses will be entered in a drawing. You can define either safe spaces or brave spaces for us. And here's your second option for a podcast ponder question. At one point during the podcast, we talked about implicit biases. We all have them, but how do we form those biases? Describe the process that creates implicit or unconscious bias in all of us. Answer that question and you'll also have an opportunity to be entered in the drawing. So good luck. We're looking forward to your responses. And thanks again for listening.